Greetings, friends around the world. This is Dr. Bob Teal for the Bible News Prophecy Channel. You've probably heard of the prophet Zephaniah. He's a Hebrew prophet, so-called minor prophet from the Old Testament. He's called a minor prophet, not because his message wasn't important, but because the book he wrote is fairly short. He wrote around 630 BC, so quite a long time ago. This is during the reign of King Josiah of Judah. Did he write something that affects you now? He talked about gathering together. Have you ever heard of that particular prophecy? Is it relevant? Is it something you should know about now? Well, I believe, if you believe what the Bible says, it's an extremely relevant prophecy, something that many people have read over, misunderstood, or basically totally ignored. And I believe those who ignore it are going to ignore it to their peril. If you've got your Bible, grab it. I'm going to read from the New King James Version, and I'm going to begin with Zephaniah chapter 2. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Zephaniah chapter 2 and see what God inspired Zephaniah to write. Gather yourselves together. Yes, gather together, O undesirable nation. Some type of group is supposed to gather together. Some kind of undesirable nation. Although they've got a few issues, I'd like to read something that the commentators known as Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown wrote in their commentary. Because they realized this gathering together had to do with a religious group or assembly. Here's what they said about Zephaniah 2 verse 1. Gather yourselves together to a religious assembly to avert the judgment by prayers. When are people supposed to gather together? Well, if you're still in the book of Zephaniah, let's look at the next verse. Verse 2. Before the decree is issued, or the day passes like chaff, before the Lord's fierce anger comes upon you. Before the day of the Lord's anger comes upon you. So this gathering is supposed to take place sometime before the day of the Lord, which happens two and a half years after the start of Great Tribulation, which is in, referred to, for example, in Matthew 24, 21. But you're supposed to gather together before some type of a decree is issued. Now, who does God want to gather together? Why is he end time Christians? I'd like to read something that uh, Jesus wrote. This is from the book of John, chapter 15, verse 19. Jesus wrote, If you are of the world, the world would love its own. Yet, because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. This is different than the rest of the world. We're different. Christians are different. Jesus is warning that the world will hate us because we're different. Now, I'd like to read something that the Apostle Peter wrote. This time from 1 Peter chapter 2, starting verse 9. But you are, and I'm going to read from the Old King James Version of the Bible. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but now are the people of God which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. This is a peculiar people. This is a people that the world does not desire. These people are actually end-time Philadelphia Christians related to the Zephaniah prophecy. Now, how do we know that Zephaniah 2, verse 1, 2, and 3, for example, are related to Christians? Because the decree issued is for the end time. And also because of what God inspired Zephaniah to write. 
So let's go to verse 3, Zephaniah 2, verse 3. Seek the Lord, all you meek of the earth, who have upheld his justice. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Now this is a reference to Christians, who Jesus called in Matthew 5, 5, the meek of the earth. And this is also to the Philadelphia Christians, because they're really the ones who have, quote, upheld his justice, they seek righteousness, and seek humility. These are Philadelphia Christians who understand that church leaders need to have integrity and are willing to be humble enough to accept authority of a church led by a low-level prophet in the absence of a clear apostle. And you can look in 1 Corinthians 12:28, Ephesians 4, 11 through 15, talking about church governance. These people are humble enough not to think that they should remain independent, as many who've been part of the Church of God or consider themselves Christian have done during these Laodicean times. Now, why does God tell people in Zephaniah that they should gather together? Let's go to Zephaniah 2, uh, verse 3. And this time I'm going to read the rest of the verse. It may be that you will be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. And interestingly, the word Zephaniah means Yahweh, or the Eternal, or the Jehovah, as some people pronounce it, hides, or Yahweh or Jehovah has hidden. Now, why else have I written that I believe that Zephaniah 2 has to do with uh, Philadelphia Christians? And I said written because I am reading my notes, and they are available at this, the Bible News Prophecy link that you've found this uh, video. There should be a link to the, the article to have a few more details that I'm not going to cover very uh, today. Anyway, it's related to the Philadelphia Christians because they're the only ones who are going to actually gather together as they should. Why? It's because they are the ones who are leading the final phase of the work. It is only to the Philadelphians that Jesus promised to protect from the hour of trial that's going to come upon the whole world to try the world. You can follow that along, if you will, in the book of Revelation, chapter 3. We're going to read several verses here. So, Revelation 3, starting in verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you will have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I'll make those of the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Jews but are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet, and to know that I have loved you. So we see a message that Jesus is saying that he loves the Philadelphia Christians, gives some reasons why. They go through the open door, which is open door uh, related to the proclaiming the gospel. They also have the key of David, which includes the concept of proper church governance with integrity. Verse 10, however, is one of the reasons why I believe Zephaniah 2 needs to be referring to the faithful Philadelphia Christians. So let's read it. Verse 10. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, 
which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I'll write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now there were messages given to seven churches in Revelation 2 and 3. Only one, the Philadelphians, were promised to be protected from the hour of trial, which is what Zephaniah was talking about, the possibility of being protected from a trial to the trial that's going to come on the earth for the whole world. The Philadelphians have kept God's word. They're doing the work of God. They haven't denied Christ's name or authority. And they're persevering in the truth. Yet, the Bible talks about remnants of the other churches, such as uh, Thyatira, Sardis, and they are not promised protection. And furthermore, nor are the many Laodiceans that are expected at the time of the end. Again, you can read about these churches in Revelation 2 and 3. As a matter of fact, the Thyatirans are warned if they don't change, they're going to be thrown into the Great Tribulation. Sardis, the people of Sardis are warned that they're losing so much and they're not going to know what's going to happen because they lose too much of the truth. And the Laodiceans are told, you think you're okay, but if you're not going to repent, you're not going to know what's happening. And and they basically act like, no, we think we know everything. So some have said, well, aren't all real true Christians going to be protected from what's going to happen? Well, the answer is no. There's two sets of persecution that the Bible talks about coming at the end times. The first has to do with Philadelphians, and the other has to do with the non-Philadelphians. Now, I will make it clear that I don't believe Satan discriminates that well in the sense that there'll be some non-Philadelphians that may be persecuted during the time the Philadelphians are persecuted. And if there's some straggling Philadelphians around, they would also be subject to persecution when the non-Philadelphians are going to be persecuted. But if you take your Bibles and go to the book of Revelation, chapter 12, I'm going to start reading in verse 13. And there we're going to find out about uh, two groups and two persecutions. So let's read this together. Verse 13. Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. So we see a persecution coming. Now notice, and we've had persecution throughout history, but this is one somewhat related to the end, the end time, because you'll see here, verse 14, but the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished a time, time, and half a time from the presence of the serpent. So the serpent spewed out water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. So we see that this portion of the church that's going to try to get protected, fleeing to be protected, is going to have persecution coming. Now let's go to verse 16. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened his mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. These are true Christians. They have the testimony of Jesus Christ. They keep God's commandments. These are not just uh, Jews that were converted after something happened, which is what some uh, Protestants have said. But notice there were two groups. A group that will flee and get persecuted on the way, but finally get protected. And then the rest who don't go, who are subject to Satan's wrath and, and persecution. Now, what kind of decree is likely to be issued? Now, I believe a decree is going to be issued 
that will help those who are gathered together to listen, to have an opportunity to be protected. And I think that's what Zephaniah 2, 1 through 3 says. I believe it's a decree that the faithful Philadelphians will listen to. Now, when is a decree supposed to be issued? Well, actually, after an event that Jesus said that he tied to the writings of the prophet Daniel. He talks about this in uh, Mark uh, 13, verse 14, as well as book of Matthew 24, verse 15. And that's the part I'll read right now. I'll just read Matthew's account. This is Jesus' words. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. So, Jesus is saying that something is going to happen. And it's important those who read will understand. Well, what happens next, according to Jesus? Let's go to verse 16 of Matthew 24. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to take his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in these days. And pray that your flight may not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. So we see several things happening. If something happens, an abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place. Jesus says, if you see this, you need to understand. And I believe the decree that will be issued will help people understand who are willing to listen. Then it's time to flee. Remember, in Revelation chapter 12, verses 14 through 16, we saw that a portion of the church flees. As we saw in Revelation 3.10, it's the Philadelphians who are the ones who promised protection. So tying all those in together. Now notice that Jesus said to pray that your flight would not be uh, on the Sabbath or in the winter. Since this is to God's people, to Christians, it's also showing that the Sabbath would be kept at the time of the end. Now, a gathering together is also mentioned in the book of Jeremiah. So if you take your Bibles, we're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 4, and I'm going to start reading in verse 5. Jeremiah 4. Declare in Judah, and proclaim in Jerusalem, and say, Blow the trumpet in the land. Cry, Gather together, and say, Assemble yourselves. Let us go into the fortified cities, set the standard toward Zion, Take refuge, do not delay, for I will bring disaster from the north and great destruction. So some kind of decree is either stated or repeated to gather together in Judah as well. Now why a decree? I believe that the it's to make it easier for people who read what Jesus said to better understand Matthew 24, 14, Mark 13, 14, Daniel uh, uh, 9, 27b, in Daniel 11.31, that that's being fulfilled or has been fulfilled. Now, by whom would such a decree be made? Well, what does your Bible say? Let's go, go to the book of Amos, chapter 3, and read verse 7 and 8. The Bible says, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. A lion has roared, who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken, who can but prophesy? So some type of prophet is either going to make this decree personally, out loud, and or get the information and pass it on to another authority in the church to make. Now, the, who's the only church of God in the 21st century that's uh, currently teaching this? Well, that would be the continuing church of God. 
uh, who's trying to lead the final phase of the work. Now, if you're not with a group that's trying to do that, do you think you can wait to the last moment? Well, it might be remotely possible for some. Remember, Zephaniah admonished people, God's people, to gather together before the decree is issued. Now, many are going to discount this and scoff. Many don't believe uh, there's any need in the Church of God for a prophet. And some of the groups that claim to have prophets have prophets who have been proven false other than the continuing Church of God. And furthermore, I even read from a scoffer about us who said the very idea that someone should suggest to the particular Church of God is Philadelphian uh, and the subject being protected is something that shouldn't really be taught. But he and many others have misunderstood they misunderstand the Bible and a lot of things that Jesus stood for. If you'll take your Bibles and go to the book of Luke, chapter 21, I'd like to read a few verses. These are Jesus' words. Uh, did I say Matthew? I meant Luke. Luke 21, verse 34. Luke 21, verse 34. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the cares of this life, and that day come upon you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Now notice Jesus said to watch and pray always. That means for the time he was here nearly 2,000 years ago. Well, he was here 2,000 years ago. But when he said this, it was nearly 2,000 years ago. Till now, he wanted his people to watch and pray always that they would be accounted worthy to escape these things. And watch, what did he want them to watch? Prophetically related events. Jesus was referring to prophetic matters. This came from Jesus, yet many scoff about prophecy for different reasons. And you can read some of the reasons in Second Peter uh, 3, 1 through 7. But Second Peter also says in verses 7 and 8 that being a scoffer is a mistake. People, Jesus realized that if people did not pay attention to prophecy, uh, that they would not take the steps they needed in their life. Notice Jesus said to pray to be counted worthy to escape all these things. Yes, so God does use prophecy as a motivator to get you to get your life in order. Remember, God used uh, Jonah to warn the people of Nineveh, uh, Jonah 3, 1 through 4, and they repented verses 5 through 9. And they didn't get the punishment that they were supposed to get at the time, according to Jonah 3, verse 10. Now, Jesus specifically told the Laodiceans in prophecy that they needed to repent in Revelation 3, 19 or face the consequences. The Laodiceans are Church of God Christians. They keep the commandments of God and have testimony of Jesus Christ. But many of these groups no longer teach the idea of church errors, and some scoff about them, such don't, some don't teach, teach them at all. But interestingly, during what many would refer to as the Tekach apostasy, the first change that was done from the, in the old worldwide Church of God that I was able to document was stop or the, the cessation, cessation of teaching the idea of church errors. Uh, when, uh, those of you who've seen what's called the Autobiography of Herbert Armstrong, Volume 1, that that group put out, 
you'll notice there's no references to Philadelphia or Sardis, etc. in that book. Those are all removed. It was not Herbert Armstrong's autobiography. It was something that somebody took out. Now, of course, the old worldwide church of God did teach uh, church errors. I'd like to read something from a sermon from the late Herbert Herbert Armstrong. Greetings, everybody. This afternoon, I want to speak on the mission of the Philadelphia era of the church. This church today, in comparison to the first era of the church, the Ephesus era of the church. It's been seeming more and more to me as the years go by that the Bible was written primarily for the Philadelphia of the church. Today's mission of the church you'll find in Matthew 24, 14. In this gospel of the kingdom, that is the same gospel that Jesus preached, shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. This is a sermon given on the mission of Philadelphia church era, December 17, 1983. Now, we in the continuing church of God have the same commitment to fulfilling Matthew 24, 14 that Herbert Armstrong advocated. And Matthew 24, 14 is a prophetic message. Some people think, well, you just have to preach the gospel. Well, that's part of, the gospel of the kingdom is part of the prophetic message. Because after it's done, the end will come. While there are a lot of Laodiceans who do believe in church eras, and they do think that they should watch world events related to Bible prophecy, sadly, they've accepted many beliefs that are in error, so many such that unless the Laodicean groups repent, there is no possible way they will know when the Great Tribulation will start until it's over. And we have this documented uh, in various places, and I may do a Bible's prophecy about that as well. They won't know when it will begin. Now I'd like to read something from a magazine called The Good News from 1975, because it talks about Zephaniah. Here's what it says. Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which you have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger, cried the prophet Zephaniah. Verse two, chapter 2, verse 3. Then he said, The Sermon on the Mount character is required. If you develop Christ-like character, the chances of you escaping the Great Tribulation are great. So, it was known for decades that you should tie in this idea of being prepared, getting your life in order, living as a proper Christian, so that you may be that you may be protected from the time that will come. Now, in Second Peter uh, two one through nineteen, it says, and I think this is referring to those groups like like us, like those of us in the continuing Church of God. We also have a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as the light shineth in a dark place. It's, until the day dawn, and the day star rise in your hearts. Now, should we not be, as it says in Hebrews 10.25, be exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching? Now, we in the continuing church of God boldly teach the need for Philadelphians to be gathered together. Will you heed God's instructions to Zephaniah that he was inspired to write? It says in Zephaniah 2, 1 through 3, it may be, if you gather together, that you will be protected. There's not a guarantee, being part of our church or some other church, that you will be uh, protected. But if you do not gather together, the promise that you may be protected before the decree is issued simply does not apply. If you believe what the Bible says, understand what Zephaniah said. Tie that in with what Jesus taught. Tie it in with the rest of the Bible. If you do wish to be amongst the most faithful, gather together with us and believe what the Bible says. This is Dr. Bob Teal for the Bible News Prophecy Channel.